I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the drive to work. Okay. Well, today is another episode of Replies with Rachel. Hey. Say hi, Rachel. <laughs> hey. Okay, so uh, we're back. I'm back to driving Rachel to school. Um, and that means we get to do another replies with Rachel. So for those that don't know what this is, um, I used to do a series with Matt Cavada when I used to drive him where you guys would send in mail and he would read me questions and then we would answer them. Um, uh, so Rachel's picked up reply, uh, uh, mailbag with Matt has become replies with Rachel. So this is the second one. So anyway, here's what's happened. On my Twitter, I asked people for questions. I then printed them out, gave them to Rachel. She's going to pick whatever question she wants and we're going to answer it. So go ahead, Rachel. Ask the very first question. All right. The first one is from David Brink at my hands are blank. What is it like having a father that makes magic? Is your household distinctly magical or is it something that exists? Okay, Rachel. What is it like having a dad who makes magic? Well, if you can make actual magic, like, you know, like wizard stuff, like that'd be pretty cool. But I mean, you, you mean you make a card game. I think the only way it's like affected us is only it's it's kind of like only in the land of game stores. <laughs> like once we walk into game stores, it's like, oh hello, my girls, what how are you? And all of a sudden it's like you're getting like bombarded and we have to go and like do like something else. Like everything pretty much changes when we walk into any kind of game store. Like I don't know, I forgot where it was, but I remember the, I love the store where it was one time it's called like the castle or whatever. It was like this game store and we walk in, this guy's like flipping out like the most I've ever seen. <laughs> And I just thought that was, like, hilarious because, like, you're my dad, so it's like, I don't flip out, really. <laughs> you don't flip out, that's I true. don't flip out, no. So. Uh, okay, so that's yeah. not not too much different no, from normal. No, I mean, we got, we got some magic stuff-ish. Um, like, that's mostly in the den, though. Like, when we, like, walk in, like, I mean, if we're talking about anything that's yours, you got the gigantic, like, mini-made collection, like, on the wall. People are like, oh, what is that? And you're like, funny story. You, like, pop in, and you're just like... Here's everything's like on the wall, and then you have like other like artworks and all the photos and stuff. So okay. I think it's magic, but there's a lot of things that are yours. <laughs> sure. Okay. 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 Well, let's move on to the next question. All right, Stephen adds, or Stephen or Stefan, I don't, I don't know which one. Uh, adds Stefan or Stephen Konefel, K-O-N-E-F-A-L. I'm trying my best here. Okay. You're doing uh, good. <laughs> when are we going back to Jamara? Jamora. Jamora. So what? What does Jamora sound like? Do you have any idea what Jamora is? Like Jamaica? Uh, like... no. So Jamora <laughs> was from a set called Mirage from long ago, and it was a set that had sort of an African-inspired theme to it. That makes sense. <laughs> um, and it was from so uh, Jamora is in Dominaria. So kind of what he's asking is when we're we going back to Dominaria. Um, I, I do believe we'll eventually go back there. Did you name it after there. like Jamaica, like the Dominican like, Republic or something? I don't know how. I don't know how it got its name. Okay. I mean, I think it was trying to be an African-sounding name just because the whole wor- yeah. the whole set was was inspired. Um, here's a tricky thing, by the way, about Dominaria is really what we like about planes is having a nice, crisp, clear definition. Like Innistrad is the Gothic horror plane, and Theros is the Greek mythology plane. You know, Ravnica is the city plane. That we we like having nice, clean, crisp. And Dominaria is sort of like part of it is. I, was Ice Age and part of it was you know African inspired Mirage and part of it so, was so to answer the question do you think they're, that they're going back to Jamora or whatever I mean I believe when we go back to Dominaria um, there's a good chance we'd see we'd see Jamora um, okay. like, like if we went back to Dominaria and then, but, but not even if when I do believe eventually we'll get back there we do have to solve the problem of 
because for those people that don't know, Dominaria was the setting of magic for like 40 sets. Some, some huge, like early, the first like 10 years of magic, most sets were set in Dominaria. Um, and so it, there's some tricky things to solve. I, I believe we can solve it, but we have to solve that first. So, okay, okay next question. All right, Boo at the Space Hamster asks, what do you think is the best age to start magic? Like, when did you teach him magic? Like, when did, like, you try to, like, teach him? I think it was, uh, like, I was, like, eight or something. Yes, I think I taught all you guys when you when you turned eight. Um, okay. Ad- Adam's the only one that still plays, so it, obviously yeah. it, it, didn't, it didn't keep too much. But, I was uh, going to say, like, I tried it, and I was, like, a little bit, I was like, all right, this seems kind of cool. But then, obviously, like, I went through, like, middle school, and then you're like, who am I? And you have to go through this whole phase of just, like, figuring out, like, what, like, is kind of, like, your thing. Magic is not my thing. It's not your thing. So I'm <laughs> not my thing. So I'm still trying to uh, figure all of that out. But I mean, we our family does play a lot of games. You do like we do play a lot of games. We don't play a lot of magic. Like games like Pokemon and Yu Gi Oh, like like the trading card kind of games or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you collect a lot of things. Like that seems to be more of like my brother Adam's thing. So. Uh, okay, so I, not not we, we not, play, not not your yeah, thing. Yeah, we play we play board games and card games but never really trading card games because that, that one you kind of have to keep on for you have to keep playing it over and over and over again with like different stuff well, it's also not a good five person family I mean I guess not really I, I guess there's some multiplayer formats in theory but uh okay are, yeah. what's what's the next question alright Mike M at sped x111 which what's that Roman it was like 8 what, what, what is it x and then 3 like that's ones. 13 x1111 is 13 oh okay oh never mind v is 5 v is 5 yes okay I, for one, like Roman numerals. Oh, yeah. I, well, I told you that joke. <laughs> I know. That's a funny joke. Uh, all right. Who designed the module cars, and in parentheses, animation, decoration, fabrication? Okay, so... Sorry, in, wait, wait, wait. Just try saying the three times fast. What is it? Animation, okay. decoration, fabrication. Animation, decoration, fabrication? Yeah, that's, like, really fast. Yeah. So, so there's three cards in Kaladesh uh, that have those words in it followed by module, I believe. So, mm-hmm. like, a fabrication module. So, um, the, what they do is each one of them is a little engine card, meaning you have an input and an output, and the input gives you a different output, and it allows you to convert one resource into another, and then they loop, meaning that if you get all three and play together, they will, each one will feed the next one. Uh, and a lot of people have said, hey, those are kind of like the stations from Fifth Dawn. They're exactly like the stations. They were inspired by the stations. Uh, who made them? I made them because I I made the stations and I really like the stations. <laughs> um, I, I I so back during Fifth Dawn, I really liked the idea of making this infinite machine, and so we made them during Fifth Dawn because one of the goals of Fifth Dawn was I wanted to make a lot of sort of goofy fun um, build around the artifacts. So if you were an artifact block, well, guess what? Kaladesh is also an artifact block. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to have some uh, silly build around stuff. I really like the stations. Um, there were four stations. So when I set out to first make this, um, I was trying to see if I could do four again. But what I realized was there were just there were less. I don't know. It, it worked better with three. Uh, I knew I wanted to interact with energy. I knew I wanted to interact with plus and plus with counters because that's a big part of fabricate. Um, we ended up interacting. In fact, the the middle module, <coughs> um, which now triggers off a creature entering the battlefield, used to trigger off an artifact entering the battlefield. Um, but it ended up developmentally being a problem, and the card that fed it made servo tokens. So the fact it could be triggered by either creatures or artifacts because you know uh, the idea is each one does something, and then its output triggers the next input. 
Um, but anyway, I guess I, I, there's a long version of the answer. I, I designed them. That's a long answer. Uh, <laughs> one of the things I did in Kaladesh, in fact, of the stuff I made in Kaladesh, where I made the card and it just ended up making the print pretty much like I designed it, um, are mostly wacky artifacts. I made a whole bunch of wacky artifacts. All in one big pass, too. Uh, Sean had recognized we needed some more wacky artifacts, so I, I did a wacky artifact pass. And I, I think the vast majority of the cards that I have in Kaladesh that are like, you know, mo- mostly my, my card uh, came from that pass of wacky artifacts. Okay, next question. <laughs> All right, at OG, OK Emoji Man at Foil Island asks, do you think hot dogs are sandwiches? Okay, Rich, do you think uh, a hot dog is a sandwich? I think it's a wannabe sandwich. It's a wannabe sandwich? It's a wannabe sandwich. Like, you don't, like, you like, when you say, like, when you say, okay, like, give me, like, give me, like, three different types of sandwiches in, like, five seconds, go. Like, your first thought isn't, like, hot dog, because hot dog's kind of in its own, like, category. Here. Like, it, it would make sense. Like, if someone said it's a sandwich, you're, like, it's got bread on both sides. The bread just happens to be connected at one side. So maybe, but like hot dog isn't a typically the type of meat that you would really put in sandwiches. Like you think of like ham and cheese. Here's a, here's here. here's what I call the sandwich test. This is to the me whether or not test. this is whether or not something to me is a sandwich. sandwich. If let's say for example there's a plate and there's some hot dogs sitting on it, and I said to some, someone, "Hey, hand me a sandwich," would anybody act, go, "Oh, he means the hot dog"? Almost no. Barring one or two very quirky people, no. They'd go, oh, there's no sandwiches. We like a hot dog, so it's not a sandwich. I understand it's meat in between bread, uh, but I think there's more to a sandwich than just the, you know, there, there, there's a there's a quality, there's there's a sandwichness that is important. And but hot dogs. If, but what if someone put a hot dog in between two pieces of normal bread? I don't know. I believe doesn't you took a hot dog and you, and you sliced it in half. And, or select, you know, take two hot dogs and slice them in half and layer them on a normal piece of bread and put another piece of bread on it. Okay, you're starting to get more sandwichiness there. And maybe someone feels that's a sandwich. But a traditional hot dog and a hot dog in a bun, I, I just, I, I say no. I say not a sandwich. Is it a wannabe sandwich? Yeah, yeah. It hangs around sandwiches. <laughs> it, it, wa- it, 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 it really <laughs> wants to be, like, accepted by the sandwiches. It wants to be the, the inner circle. It does. It's the main But, food. like, at, at the sandwich table in the cafeteria, they're like, uh, hot dog, sorry, uh, this is just for sandwiches, so. And then they cause a rising rebellion. Yes. <laughs> New movie, Hollywood, here we come. Okay, All next right. question. Rodrigo Els at Rodma Drugna, trying to say that, has this, have you told Rachel about Melt? I have no idea what Melt is, so <laughs> Have I told you about Mel? What is okay. Mel? Well, here, here's what they're talking about. You and I did a podcast at the end of last school year where I gave you vocabulary words for magic. Oh, yeah. And you, and you defined them. Remember okay. That? Okay. Did, did I define Mel? No, 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 no. Oh. So it turns out that there's a... I asked you about a mechanic called Morph. And you made up a mechanic that you thought Morph was. And it turned out to be a mechanic that we, about a month later, put out. So a lot of people were like... Oh, was she aware? It's called Meld. Was she aware of Meld? And I'm like, no. Rachel had no idea Meld existed. So you, completely on your own, came up with Meld, being prompted by the word morph. So what uh, did I say? I forgot. So what Meld cards are? There are two cards that you put together. They're double face cards. I mean, there's two sides to them, and you flip them over and put them together to make one giant size card. But what's morphing? Morph are cards that you can play face down and you don't know what they are. They're just two, two creatures, but then you can pay a cost at any point and turn them up and go, ha ha, it's really this. <laughs> yeah, and you have to say that. You have to go, ha ha. I guess so. Ha ha, I'm a, uh, that, 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 that's my rule. I guess would be similar, but 
melt is kind of one of those words where, like if you keep saying it like multiple times it doesn't really sound like a word kind of like you know like, that's I'm, all words I know. cat doesn't sound like a word if you say it enough times I know I'm saying it reminds you of because I watched How I Met Your Mother and this one where the main character Ted he has a bowl and he just says over and over again bowl 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 and it simply doesn't sound like a word anymore that, that, that is true of all words any and, words and like yacht like yacht makes no sense well yacht doesn't sound much like a word in the beginning so <laughs> okay what's, what's the next question alright uh, Martin Walsh Sigalo at M Sigalo asks, "What should you use nerdy here?" You, you gotta. I think you as a as like an overall statement, but you really have to be like, if there was a nerd about a particular thing, then that would be either like one of us or none of us. Okay. So uh, first, I want to make the following point that I am a geek more so than a nerd. What's the difference between a nerd and a geek? The difference between a nerd and a geek is geek is people who obsess on um, who obsess on topics that are sort of. That's how they define their sense. Um, where nerd is more intellectually based and sort of more uh, acquiring knowledge. And I'm a little more geeky than I'm nerdy. But the fact that I know the difference between them makes me also nerdy. So um, I- I'm more nerdy than you. Well, the fact that you also, I mean, you told us a lot of stories where mom basically laughs at you because you didn't skip on senior skip day. And you're like, I did not skip you went to the library day. and mom just called you like a loser or something. Uh, she did not call me a loser. I thought she did. Uh, no, no. She said, well, I think she technically called me a loser. But she, uh, she was, she was ashamed for me, I think she said. Oh, yeah. Um, because she skipped on Skip Ah, look, I was a goody two-shoes. I wasn't going to skip on Skip Day. Yeah, and you even that got, wasn't, you, that wasn't my. Did you get, like, a scholarship or something, but, like, you turned away because, like, you want to give it to somebody else who did have, like, the money for, like, a scholarship or something? Yeah. Well, there, there was, uh, my, because my parents were able to send me to school, and, yes, I had the opportunity for, uh, I, I had an opportunity for something that I didn't apply for because, and uh, my guidance counselor thought I would get it, but I didn't want to take money away from somebody who really, like, the difference between them going to school and not going to school was needing that, so I didn't apply. But I didn't know you knew that story. You told me that story. I told you that story? You told me that story. Well, I I didn't remember telling you that story. Okay. Okay, but I I mean, nerdier in the sense of just like, because here's the thing, everyone's a nerd, but for different things. Like, athletes are sports nerds, and white girls are basic nerds. You really have to define this. Like, if we're talking about, like, anything that's like, Marvel and DC and comics, well, comics and magic and almost anything you found at PAX yesterday is pretty much almost you. Like for example, for me, like I like bands a lot more. Like you have no idea. That's like, true. You are more band nerdy than I am. Yeah, and more of like music in a sense, and like that is true. Book depending on the type of book. Like, if it's like if it's like young adult like novels like Hunger Games and Divergent, yeah. like that's all me. That, that's all you. <laughs> that's all John me. Green, all you. John Green books, all me. <laughs> okay, so. We admit we're both nerdy in our own ways, but overall, am I nerdier than you? Most likely, yes, because if we went to PAX, I bet you'd probably point out more things than I could. How, how many numbers do you know pi to? 3.14159, just because of uh, that, that year where it happened to be 3.14159. Oh, that's cool. Okay. But yeah, they do have a contest at um, my old school, Issaquah High School, where you get to recite pi. As far as, as, as you could, and the winner got like the prize. Did they get a pie? I don't know if they got a pie. They, 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 I, they didn't get a pie. Somebody I think was doing they got. It wrong. I think they. I think they did try to do a pie. I think it was like flying pies certificate or something. But I don't right. Really I mean, know. if you didn't win a pie, I mean, I'll, I'll find a pizza pie. Yeah. But if you didn't win a pie, then someone just did that wrong. Okay. okay next question. Gabriel Frassi, Farsi. I don't really know. Add the same name. Uh, is she proud of look at my DCI art that you made or thar you made? Okay, so <laughs> do you know I made a piece of art for Magic, one piece. It's okay. in our den. It hangs on the wall. Oh, which one? You have a lot of them. 
Well, okay. One of them is a beautifully drawn picture of a creature in the forest yeah. called Morrow. The, the other one is someone who's blindfolded who's tossing darts. Yeah, one of them is a crayon drawing. <laughs> See if you can pick out which one your father did. The crayon. <laughs> yes, I did the crayon drawing. So have you, have you seen, have you looked at the crayon I've drawing? I've seen the, yeah, it's you tossing darts. At a dartboard, right? Yeah, at a dartboard. Okay, so what, it has stuff on the dartboard. What, what did you think uh, of, of that art? That's what we're asking. It, it reminds me of this skit that I saw about George R. R. Martin, where he is, like, spinning a wheel or, like, throwing darts or something to figure out what his book's going to be for Game of Thrones. Okay. I thought that was funny because it was quite accurate. So I was, like, that kind of reminded me of that when people, like, they, they make fun of people who have, like, the most random plots. They, like, spin wheels or they throw things at darts. They throw darts at the dartboard trying to figure out what they're... So like, on a scale of 1 to 10, where 1 is there's no artistic quality whatsoever, and 10 is like, oh, my God, that is a piece of art. Call it Picasso. <laughs> because, okay, where, where, where does look at the eye, DCI in your range fall on the scale uh, one again? I mean, I also level with my art art ability, in which my art ability is probably similar-ish. So I would say probably about like like a four or something. Like a four? I will. I will take a four. That like is, you could, that like is, you could uh, probably like it, it's it's one of those art pieces that like if a kid drew it, the parent would be like, oh that's great, honey. They put it like in a box and then they probably like save it for a couple of years and then they look back at it and be like, hmm. yes. Well, it, it, <laughs> I, it was designed to look like a child's drawing for what it's that worth. That makes sense. Like, I, I know that the, was the reason it came about was <laughs> the original art description was make this look like a child's drawing, and I said, wait, 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 I can make it look like a child's drawing. I don't even have to really. <laughs> Make it look like I'll just draw it and it'll look like a child's drawing. So, okay, so the next question John jo- Jacob Johnson at MTD underscore Jacob said, What is your biggest design regret, whether missed opportunity or something executed poorly from the last five years? Um, my biggest regret of the last five years is Battle for Zendikar block. Um, what happened there? well, what happened was A, it was a very hard block to begin with, and then in the middle of it, we just completely changed how we did magic sets <laughs> and it just overwhelmed me. I, I, I how long ago was uh, I mean, it came out last year, but for oh. me, it was whatever, three years ago that I did it. Oh. Um, and like I said, I, there, there, there were a lot of balls in the air, and it, it, it's the set that I'm least proud of of the last five years, and, and that it just, it didn't quite come together. And Eric Lauer, who was the developer, tried really, really hard to pull it all together, and he did a great job, but really, the, it was faulty at the design level. So anyway, oh. that's my biggest regret, is that uh, I... I wasn't, I wasn't able to make the adjustment to the new system and keep all the balls in the air as well as I normally do, so. For once, you're, it wasn't your best juggling set. <laughs> it wasn't my best juggling, for using the metaphor. Okay, right. ne- next, uh, next okay, question. Okay, George Marrow at Vox PV, or P Vox D. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when did you most embarrass Rachel? Uh, okay, when did, when did I most embarrass you? That's I don't really know. Like, kind of like I said before, with, with things that are embarrassing moments, it's like there's so many, like, mess-up points in my life that I think I just repress the memory so much that I just forget it. So I embarrass you constantly, but your mind keeps you from remembering? Is that what you're saying? Perhaps. I mean, this is just, like, even with me, like, with anything that happens, I just kind of repress it. Um, but let me think. I don't really know, because you're, you're, do- you're doing better at your white dad skills. Like, you kind of cut down the dorts a little bit. You grill every so often. I don't know how much dancing we've done so far, but you kept it to a minimum. Oh, I dance. I don't dance in public that much. I don't dance in public that much, but still, to, to a minimum. But I do know when I dance, I can embarrass you, so. Probably. That, that's one of my go-to embarrassing if I need to. Yep. And if I'm wearing George, just it's better. More embarrassing. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can't think of, like, a defining moment where it's like, you messed up so badly that, like, I remember to this day. Like, I don't, I don't remember anything. Do you okay. remember any time? 
I remember you being better. When you were little, you got more embarrassed by me. Somehow, as you've gotten older, you've gotten less embarrassed by me. I'm not sure how that's possible. I think as I was older, I, I keep going to the logic more of you're dancing weirdly. People look weird on you and not as weird as me because I'm not the one who's dancing. Oh, okay. See? You're maturing. I like it. Okay, so let's, let's move, move to the next question. All right. Um, okay. Freddie at Freddie the Third asked, what is Rachel's favorite piece of art that the Rosewater song? Right in, oh, you in go the, yeah, in the, the hall. Kitchen. Yeah, we got like a like, superhero piece that's got like Superman and. Right, Ma- yeah, mommy, uh, she got that for me. Uh, you might have been, you might have been real little when she, but she got it for my birthday one year. And, and what it is is, it's a bunch of old school superhero. Uh, it's a pastiche of um, uh, comic book f- figures from like the 40s and 50s that are sort of checkerboarded. It's kind How of a pop art. Underdog is oh, 60s, so it's 50s, 60s. I was going to say, Superman is like 50s. Yeah, it's an early Superman. Underdog is like 60s. Right. It's it's early versions. I mean, it's sort of a a, a, a pop, you know, sort of pop. Aren't they making like a new like Superman show like next to Supergirl or something on like CBS? They they make, they make uh, lots of Superman Why are they doing this? They're adding on Superman. I'm like, what's Supergirl have a shiny one? Uh, no, they're not. I think Superman's going to show up is on he, Supergirl. Is he but, up? Okay, I thought, but, it's, but it's still going to be called. It's still called Super. No, no, no. They're not changing the name of the show or anything. It's still Supergirl. All right. Okay. Yeah. Fear not. It's still Supergirl. Okay. Next. Okay. Uh, Mark Walker at Mark Hub Walker says, "What was your in parentheses a design team a single biggest stroke of genius in the sets of 2016 and your single biggest mistake?" Biggest stroke of genius. Biggest mistake. Um, that's hard. Uh, biggest mistake I, I will say was we should have kept investigate between shadows and um, getting not carrying over investigate to Eldritch Moon was I think our biggest mistake. Uh, biggest stroke of genius. Um, when we, I kind of when we cracked vehicles. Vehicles like that was something we've been trying to solve forever. And the fact that we not only solved it, but like I, I feel like found the perfect implementation for it. Uh, so I would say vehicles is the biggest. So you guys made vehicles for We did for New Kaladesh is the new. Like new, like like the wizards ride the vehicles or like the creatures. The creatures ride? can ride the vehicles. Like it's that's cool. It's a like, skyship or it's a car, or train or whatever you can hop in. <laughs> trains, so. planes, and automobiles. Planes, so trains, and automobiles. Yep. Coming your way. Okay, next question. Alrighty. I will not. I, I want you to first answer the question without any. I, I think personally, yes, because squirrels are kind of one of those creatures. Like they're very cute, but you know they can mess things up if you like. They're kind of they're kind of like geese. Like that's why they call it like duck duck goose because if you bop a duck on the head, it just kind of smiles at you and goes like oh hello and it's like quack. But you bop a goose on the head, it'll chase you and bite you. Okay, so, I, I, I've never heard think, the squirrel goose connection before. Well, I mean, I feel like squirrels. If you mess with squirrels, like squirrels can like fight back. Yeah, like my, rabies is a thing. My line on squirrels is: I believe squirrels are rats, but with better PR. Yeah, they also have awesome great tails. So, personally, well, yes, they you do. should add flying squirrels. Like, you should have squirrels and like flying squirrels. Like, uh, flying I am a big fan of squirrels, and I believe magic should have more squirrels in it. Do we not have more squirrels? The creative team does not like squirrels, and Why? so they, can they not draw squirrels. No, I think they think they're a little too silly. Um, but every time somebody... You gotta make them flying squirrels, like teeth or something. Right. Well, I mean, we, we've done... 
badass squirrels, if you will, in the past. But you should uh, do ones like rabies and whatnot. Like. Well, uh, rabies squirrels. Every time, by the way, what happens maybe once a year, like a jogger in like New York City or something gets attacked by squirrels, and then <laughs> someone will cut out the article and send it to me. Um, <laughs> this time I, I think squirrels. They are deadly. To me, squirrels are what Green loves, which are things that seem harmless but really aren't. Anyway, yeah. to me, that's like Green's sense of humor. But okay, moving on. They really should. They should. Um, We're in agreement. Okay. Two rose waters agree. <laughs> All right. Shivambaya. It's S H I V A M and the last name B H A T T. Electrodal. I feel like a really bad substitute teacher. Um, it says, How does an idea get on the seven year plan? What is the seven year plan? Uh, so basically, we plan out where we're going. Um, For the next seven years. Uh, it's not always seven years, but I've referred to it as. I've referred to it as a seven-year plan, so people think... I mean, we plot out... It, it, it can vary between five to seven years, um, depending on... The five to seven-year plan. The five <laughs> to seven-year plan. Um, I mean, really what we want to do is we, we want to figure out where we're going, and sometimes, like, we know we're going back to some place, we want to figure out, like, oh, how long before we can go back to this place or that place? Um, we want to map it out. Uh, so what's the question? The question was, how does something get on the list? Yeah, how does an idea get on the seven-year um, usually what happens is every once in a while we have a meeting and where we add a couple more years of blocks on. So um, you add them like a year, like a time. We add a couple years at a time usually. But usually it's like, well, we'll go, okay, let, let's talk for the next b- b- bunch of blocks. And part of it is figuring out the story and part of it is figuring out kind of where we're going mechanically because we want to make sure we're pushing the pendulum around. Um, so it might be, oh, you know, we haven't done artifacts in a while. This could be an artifact block. And it could be said, and oh, what if it's steampunk? Stuff like that. And so we sort of figure out the environment and mechanics and basic story ideas. Um, but yeah, we there, every once in a while, probably every couple of years, we add a couple more years on to, on to the end of the plan. Okay, next. All right. Um, Daniel Curzain at D. Curzain asked, what's the strangest way you try to jumpstart your creative process? Um, that is a good question. Uh, usually if I decide I just want, like, I talk about this a lot. The key is your brain tends to use the same neural pathways if you give it the same input. If I just do the same thing I always do, my brain will kind of follow the same path and I'll end up with, usually with a similar answer. So sometimes if I want a different answer, what I do is I just try to start from a place that I've never started before. And usually what I'll do there is I'll just pick some random factor. So it's just like, I've never tried a start idea with this. So I'm um, like, I say sometimes like the yellow pages, I'm assuming people can get their hand on the yellow pages. Um, you know, something in which you just randomly pick. Um, I, uh, you can sometimes do Google and just do like random searches. And like just, uh, for example, sometimes I'll say, okay, um, I, I, I want an idea and the idea is going to be inspired by the circus. Okay, I come up with an idea about this, you know, and then I'll just pick a random thing, and then I, I see what I can come up with. And the key is just giving yourself some nonsensical, different thing. Just get your brain to think from a different way. You know, like I've been thinking circus. I'm like, okay, maybe I'm thinking about my problem about a clowns or a ringmaster or a lion tamer. Just something that I'm not normally thinking about. And oh, oh, lion tamer. Wait a minute, that's a new way we can do Leonid or something. You know, and I somehow get to the problem solved in a different way. Um, so I like doing that. That's part of the strangest thing I do is I'll just take things that seem to have nothing to do with what I'm doing and use that as a jumping off point. Okay. Um, okay. Tony Lescu. 
L-E-V-E-S-Q-U-E at MTG underscore Tony asks, when the kids go up to college, will you travel like you did before they were born? So, do you know what, before you were born, how much traveling I did? A lot. A lot. Um, well, actually, here's, here, here, here's how my travel work. Is when I first got to Wizards, basically, I could, they let me travel as much as I wanted. Wizard at the time did a lot of traveling. Um, so I I went all over the globe. I went everywhere. And then I met your mom. And then we started dating. And then we got married. And when we got married, I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to cut back a little bit. I'm married now. And so I didn't travel quite as much. And then you were born. And then I, I cut back even more. I think I just went to Pro Tours once you were born. And then Adam and Sarah were born. I'm like, okay. And then I cut down to two times a year. So I only travel twice a year now. Um, I usually go to San Diego Comic-Con and then one other thing. Like this year I went to GDC, for example. Um, but here's the plan. I'll, I'll let you guys in on the plan. So, by the way, uh, Rachel is in 11th grade. Adam and Sarah are in 7th grade. <laughs> so I'm a little ways from being childless in the home. Uh, yeah, you're like... We'll um, but... Anyway, five years from now, six years from now, when, when all the kids are off in college or you'll be out of college by that point, um, here's the offer I will make is I, I, I'd be much more willing to travel, but to people who are offering me travel opportunities, uh, if you bring my wife along, you'll have a much greater chance of getting me because Laura will, uh, I, I think Laura is interested in traveling too once the kids are off to college, so. Yeah. So that, that's the heads up for five years too, now. I don't want to travel I kept saying, talking about like, like traveling abroad, and my mom was like, why are you going so far? And I'm like, how many places have we gone with like five people in our family? Like the farthest we've gone, I've gone to Australia, but I was six months, so I can't remember that. Yeah. The farthest place I can pretty much remember is like the Bahamas, which is where we went on the Disney cruise. We've, been, we've gone yeah. to Canada and the Bahamas and like edges of like Mexico where we were on that cruise still, like the Bahamas and like yeah. the... Caribbean and like Mexico. Yeah, sure. We've not done a big abroad. We have not done that much. I'm like, I want to go and I want to like explore and stuff. Yeah. Well, well you will, you're young. You'll get some opportunities. I will. I will. I'm just saying because like this because obviously mom just like she's she's happy for me to go. But she's also very sad. It's just like it's like you're going. Like, yeah. Going I think I, I think your mom. I mean, how, how you're not leaving just yet, but your mom needs some time to prepare for you going to college. I'm saying how I'm saying. Do you feel like as like anxious as she does? Or are you a little more chill? I mean, how, how do you feel? So when I when I got dropped off at, at college, um, I mean my parents we I, I went to school in Boston, so we we drove to Boston so we could take all my stuff with me, and my parents dropped me off, and and I remember, remember Grandma Grandma Lynn, my mom was um, quite sad. Mm-hmm. Not that she wasn't happy for me. I was I was really excited for college. Like I I I I, I was all packed up for college like three weeks before we actually mm-hmm. left. Um, and she, I mean, I wasn't unhappy or anything, but she was just sad. It's sad to see your kid go off. And I mean, not that we won't ever see you again or anything, but you know, not having you around all the time, it'll take a little getting used to. So, um, why did you feel when like, when like Elise went? Your sister, your sister, my. Oh, when she went to college? Yeah, because she went I think to she was sad too, but I think your first kid is just the hardest. Like, once you have one kid go to college, like, at least you learn to adapt with your kid being in college. Um, so I think when Annalise went, it wasn't quite as bad for her. Although I'm sure my mom cried. Grandma cried, I'm sure. But Okay. You got next question? Okay. Who's um, Cube McCraw? It's like it's like Cube and then like apostrophe. M-R-A-Q-U-L at the Who's Cube. Okay. As, does your family share your hatred of bananas and are bananas allowed in the house? Well, who loves bananas? I know. Do Sarah and I eat bananas? Adam loves bananas. Adam loves bananas. Yeah. 
I eat bananas only in smoothies because I hate raw fruit, but I will only drink bananas in smoothies. Yeah, so uh, here's the order of banana loving in our house, I believe. Um, Mom and Adam really, really like bananas. I'm not sure between them. I think Mom slightly more than Adam. So I would put yeah. Mom first and Adam second. But they, they both love bananas. We eat raw bananas all the time. Um, next is Sarah. She Sarah likes it on certain things. She'll eat in cereal. And I think she once in a while on ice cream, she'll do that. Um, I only eat in smoothies. Right. Then, then you're fourth. Or, or banana flavored. Like You'll eat things. bananas, but you don't like the the text, the raw texture yeah, of it. Yeah, which is why you have it in smoothies. So you're four. I'm like ten. Like there's imaginary people in between me <laughs> and uh, I hate bananas with it. I mean, the readers. I mean, when did you learn that you hate bananas? Like, was there one day when just like banana, like you're just like? I've never liked bananas. I've never. Like I mean, I <laughs> the smell of bananas drives me crazy. I do not like bananas. I don't like their smell, their taste. Not, not even. Like I don't like artificially flavored banana yeah. thing. <laughs> I don't even like the color yellow. Just because it associates to me with bananas, so. I um, like banana ice cream. We went on a cruise that one time, and they chocolate banana ice cream. That was the dopest thing. Like, they, they had ice cream, so it was based on, like, Mike Wazowski. Yeah. And they had, they had like, so much ice cream. So, it was, again, that's the thing with cruise. Like, it's, like, free ice cream because you pay for it all in advance. You just have as much as you want. It ain't free, but uh, had, to you, for you, it's free. Yeah. But still, just having as much chocolate banana ice cream as you want, like, that was, like, the, that was the coolest thing. Like, I thought. Yeah. That, that, I, I, I do have... <laughs> There is one piece of respect I have for the banana, and that is I respect the banana peel as a tool of comedy. That is the one nod I will give toward bananas. You mean like the fact of like its skin? It's slippery. Like in comedy, people will like eat banana and throw and throw the peel, and the people will flip on the peel. It's a it's a comedy staple. So, so, so it's like a slight slight limp claps. <laughs> Uh, okay. Okay. Nathan Thomas at N Thomas asks, "Do colors exist lore-wise, or does that mean like does Jace know that like he's blue?" Yeah. So that's a big discussion we have. The creative team has all the time, which is how cognizant is the people of the world of the colors of magic. Uh, I will give my opinion, but this is not this is not canon or anything. It's my opinion. I believe that people who study magic understand there's five I, like Jace for example who's Mr. Information yeah yeah he knows he's blue he knows there's five colors of magic I believe that people who study it know it um, and I believe that there's some general sense of even if you don't know the colors per se you understand there's kinds of magic like even the person that doesn't specifically know the colors gets the oh you're that kind of wizard you know you're that you're kind that, of uh, planeswalker you're, you're a blue wizard a blue wizard yeah so I, I do think that some people are cognizant, but I don't believe it's like the average person of an average plane goes, oh, red man. I, I don't, that, not, not the case. But I feel like if you're someone who studies magic, who you understand magic, look, there is five kinds of magic and you would understand that. And probably the way you, deliver, you delineate them is a color thing. But I don't know. I mean, the, I'm not sure when we say blue magic, like I know when you picture it, it literally is blue most of the time when you picture like someone using blue magic, we tend to tint it blue. But I, anyway, it, there's a lot of debate. There, there, there's extremes on the creative team from, yeah, yeah, people know, to, nope, not a thing people are aware of. So I'm, I'm in the camp that some people are aware of, but it's not common knowledge. All right, cool, cool. Uh, okay, to Rachel, or for, actually, it's from Michael Martin at MA Martin 87 To Rachel, which game is your dad worst at? Why do you think it is so poorly? I know the answer to this okay, one. Okay, what game am I worst at? Any game with drawing in it. Any game with drawing. <laughs> I remember we played a game called Luck of the Draw, where it's like you used to like draw something and then guess like whose is blood, and we could obviously tell that it was yours because it was a baguette. 
Played this game with me every try, time. Every time you go, something. like everything is like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> try humming something. Um. Okay. Try try humming the Superman theme song. The Superman theme song. Sure, I'll do something in your in your ballpark. Oh yeah, but that, that's a that's a harder mm-hmm. one. But now people know what it is. You know, the if you know I'm saying Superman, they go, "Oh, I, I, I guess that's the Superman okay, theme here, song." Okay, here, try, try, try doing one. I'll try and okay. guess it. It's gotta be something I know. Mm, 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 Okay, so let's have one final magic-related question. Alrighty. We, we, we've had a few non-magic-related questions today. Okay, I like this one. Okay. What written works of literature... I'm sorry, Nick... This is from Nick at yeah. Nick Murphy 13 yeah. asks, What written works of literature inspired you to better your job? Mine is Sun Tzu's uh, The Art of War. Yeah, um... I mean, I've talked about this. My favorite book as far as... This is non-fiction. Um, is a, called, a book called A Whack on the Side of the Head by Roger Von Eck. Uh, and it talks about how, about how to be creative. It's the best book I've ever read on creativity. If, you, if, if the subject of creativity and being more creative is at all interesting to you, A Whack on the Side of the Head by Roger Van Eck. There's a sequel called A Kick in the Seat of the Pants that's not quite as good, but it's still well worth reading. Um, so that's the book that's inspired me most as far as what I do. Um, as far as fiction, I think the book that inspired me most was a book called Catch-22 by Joseph Heller. Oh, yeah. Which is a book all that's about so irony. confusing. And I don't know, it, it really spoke to me. I, I love, I guess I love irony, and, and it was a book full of irony. Um, but those are the two books that have most inspired me, both fiction and nonfiction. Um, but we are driving up right now to your school. Yay. So, did we get through most of the questions? We had a lot of questions. We got through, we didn't get through all the questions. Not the questions. Okay. Well, I want to thank everybody who sent in questions. Um, uh, I believe there will be a reply to Rachel's three at some point, because why not? Because um, Anyway, thank you, Rachel. This was fun. You're welcome. So normally, normally I do a podcast and Mitchell's like listening to music and ignoring me. Yeah. But uh, today I'm you didn't ignore me. I'm always on headphones for some reason or another. I enjoy these times when you don't ignore me. So, <laughs> anyway, thank you, Rachel. So have a fun day at school. And so, guys, I'm uh, here at Rachel's school. So we know what that means. It means the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time. Bye bye. <laughs>